This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to episode two of the Limitless Spirit podcast. Today we continue to talk about the cost of being a Christian. In the recent years, several Christian leaders publicly announced that they no longer believe. I think this is purely a first world problem. In a free and prosperous society as we live in, faith is often reduced to a self-help gimmick or a get-rich-quick tool, and we end up with this entitled attitude towards God. Okay, I believe in you, but what's in it for me? And when our desires and needs are not met, we feel cheated. Our guest today is an Iraqi Christian, an Armen Hagopian, whose conversion to Christianity turned his life into a complete crisis. First, he had to abandon his career as a nightclub singer because as he got saved, he was chosen to be a worship leader at his church and he could no longer reconcile the inner conflict between two very different kinds of music. Then, he had to leave his hometown, Baghdad, because God called him to start a church in the north of Iraq. His work became successful there, but it angered some of the tribal leaders, and so his only son's life was threatened. And our man was faced with a dilemma, to stay and continue the work he started from ground zero, or choose his son's safety and flee the country. What would you do in his situation? Let's hear the rest of our man's story. So they threatened you. They threatened your life. They threatened the life of your so, child. Let me tell you, yes. The, uh, now, I, I don't know if really these people did that, but but they threatened me after one month of this court. So he was, the, who threatened me, he was covered. I couldn't see his face. He was beside my house. He came my, to your uh, house? He came to my house. He was just beside my outside door, and he said... Uh, if you don't leave, if you if you don't leave, we will burn your heart. In in tribe language, this is this is it mean I will kill your uh, your son. I will burn I your see. heart. Yeah. I see. So I understand that, and I struggle for for time, uh, like how I can leave this uh, ministry. Uh, it was really very very hard to me. Uh, we plant the church, you know, it's not like you go and serve in the church from zero in a living room. So you were faced with a very difficult decision to protect your only son yeah. or to keep your ministry and stay. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, the, the problem was I was struggling, you know, when, when Abraham, when, uh, when he put uh, Isaac. Yes. Uh, for the Lord, I, I start to say to the Lord, uh, Lord, if you want me to put my, my son like Abraham. He said, no, uh, Abraham, Abraham put his son in my hand. Don't put your son in devil's hand. This was uh, what the Lord told me. So I decided to sure after prayers and uh, struggling. You decided to escape. I decided to, to, leave, to leave. I love what our man said when he was torn between the decision to choose his ministry or his son. God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac to him. God did not ask our men to sacrifice his son Samuel to the enemies. And even though 
Our man was not required to sacrifice his son, he still had to give up something very precious. Let's hear more of his story. We'll find out what is the greatest challenge in the life of a refugee. Plus, our man has some interesting ideas on the refugee policy. So I want to talk a little bit more about your life as a refugee in Lebanon, because many people, uh, they know about the refugee crisis. They know about the extremely large number of people being displaced and living in ref as refugees in countries like Lebanon, Turkey, Jordan. But few people understand what life as a refugee is really like. Uh, I, I lost like my friends. I lost my family. I lost my church. I lost my ministry. And I come here in a small apartment. Uh, even I'm better than another people there is there is people they can't even have that this apartment uh, they go to a basement they go to a very bad places for some people live in camps and tents some people in camps and tents uh, so for me also I'm blessed I'm, I'm better than uh, another uh, refugees uh, but uh, it's uh, maybe for me it's not the physical struggling but for me is the you know when when I lost everything you when, when you plant a church and uh, and this is like your life you understand me this is my life and I I lost it so as a refugee in Lebanon even though you have a status of a refugee you don't have a status of a legal immigrant is that correct that's correct that's correct you, uh, like uh, i told you the visa is for two months after that it's illegal to to stay here so we go to the united nations they give us a protection uh, paper they call it protection paper or uh, something like that uh, but it do nothing now if somebody now even now if somebody still my home i can't i can't go to the police I need to be careful, very far from the government. What about uh, you or Zina getting a job? Are you legally able to get a job? No, no, no refugee can have a, a legally job. Job. So uh, how are they supposed to survive? Uh, it's very difficult to survive. Like if the real salary is one thousand five hundred dollars. They pay four hundred or three hundred dollars. What about um, access to medical services? We have no medical services. If the salary is four hundred dollars and any any small problem, you need to pay two hundred, three hundred dollars. So uh, you just stay sick. That's the solution. Of course. Let me ask you this first. If you had a choice to go back to Iraq, would that be a number one choice for you? For me, never, never. I can't go back to Iraq. Uh, I don't. I don't trust the policy there. I don't trust the government there. I don't even trust the people around me there. As a uh, like for me as a Christian, some sometimes if you ask a, a Muslim, like he's Shia and he he's afraid uh, from the Sunnah. Sunnah afraid from Shia. Kurdi afraid from uh, Arab. Arab is afraid from Kurdi, and and this is the this is the problem. You don't know who's who's your enemy and who's your friend. You don't feel so, like there will be in any near future stability in your own country. I don't think so. I don't think so, uh, especially for the Christian. Okay, so then what what was your ideal destination as a refugee if you had a choice? 
uh, for me, my first choice was uh, America, uh, but I couldn't. Uh, I don't know now they are uh, not accepting the refugees. So what? Uh, like why? Best- why was America an ideal destination in your opinion? What made it so appealing? Aside from the fact that you had friends there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and we're talking the- about the United States of America because technically Canada is also America. <laughs> it's North America, so yes, we're talking. Right. We will specify that we're talking about the United States of America. Okay, uh, the, for the United States, you know, all what we hear that uh, if you work good in America and you are a, a good good citizen, you will have your rights. This is this is the minimum for me. Okay, like uh, if I live as a good as a good person in America, okay, I will have my rights. And for for us to have our rights, this is like heaven, because uh, That's the people a very in good Middle East. Statement. Yeah, because for us, because for us to have our rights is things. Uh, it, it's something like a, like a impossible. When I tell when I tell you, if somebody beat my boy, I I can't tell him why you are beating my boy. So if I'm good citizen in in America, I will have my rights. I can protect my family. Your story has a good ending. You have been accepted as a refugee into Canada. So. The, your move is going to be happening very soon uh, as you're yeah. preparing to make that third big move in your life. Do you right. do you have any concerns about how you're going to fit into the Canadian culture, into life in Canada? Uh, you know, sometimes when I'm when uh, when I think in this in this way, like the culture, many many things. Uh, I start to think in another way. Okay, whatever will happen to me there. Uh, I was in, in in a very worse, you, you know. The, what's coming is better than what I than what, what you're escaping from. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah, there is challenge. Many many challenges with the society, with the, uh, with the, how we we can work, how we start again. But whatever is it, it's it's better than what what happened to us. Well, uh, one more question I have. Actually, I have two more questions. So first one okay. is. Do you think that, because there's a big debate right now in the United States about accepting refugees, not accepting refugees, and how many refugees we should accept. So what is your opinion? I think to check the refugees in a very good way and accept them is the best. Like if there is a people, they deserve to, to be there because they will be a good good uh, uh, people, the good citizen in there. Uh, it's okay, but sometimes also we feel uh, like okay, these countries when they are accepting many, uh, many people and uh, they are making problems for the country. Also, we feel sorry. We say okay, this, the safe country is also in troubles because of some of the refugees. It's not solution to uh, accept uh, to everybody. Stop, accept everybody, and it's not solution to to stop all program uh, because of some people. So the, the, the solution is, is to, to check the people in very good way and accept them who deserve to go. And my final question is, Armand, you went through all these challenges as a Christian. Yeah. And, you know, when we accept Christ, being a Christian does not guarantee you a trouble-free life. 
but yeah. it guarantees you answers. It guarantees you hope. Our, our faith is very practical. It takes us through life's challenges. And so my question to you is how in the most practical ways your faith helped you go through these challenging situations? Okay, first I need, I need to trust God really. Okay, uh, even when I'm in very hard situation, uh, wh what I do, what I do is, uh, I know, I know that uh, any 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 human uh, will go in very in, in in troubles, in problems, in hard life, many things. But uh, to go through all that with Jesus is is different. So uh, for me, I I seek uh, growing in Jesus. I I try to. I try to uh, like do uh, whatever it build my life as a Christian and focus on it, and I will have answers from Jesus why this is happening with me. Uh, like what happened with me in in uh, the Hawk and brings me here, I understand when I'm in the when I'm uh, in the problems when I'm when I'm uh, emigrated, uh, hundreds accepted Jesus with me here, because I'm seeking Jesus and seeking how. Uh, how I can be uh, uh, effective in, in his kingdom. So when I focus on him, uh, he's, he's fixing everything around me because I belong to Jesus. I'm in his kingdom. I'm his, I'm his uh, son. So he cares about me. I remember when I first read the Bible, the story of God asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac was extremely hard for me to accept. I tried to imagine this journey, the three-day journey to Mount Moriah that Abraham made and, and the sorrow and loneliness and hopelessness he must have felt because he was offering God the very hope of the promise that God gave him. How can a nation be born to him if he kills his only son? Perhaps you are growing through a crisis today. It may not be as dramatic outwardly as our man's story, but God may be asking you to place something very dear to you on his altar. It could be a person in your life, or maybe it's a dream, or, or your grief, or part of yourself. Your pain has great value to God, so much so that he did not spare his only son, just that he can heal your broken heart and redeem every minute of the pain that you're going through. I am so encouraged by our man's story. To me, his words have much value and substance because his faith has a value proven by what he had to give up and also the endurance and the deep perspective that came out of his trial. I look forward to the next episode where I'm interviewing an amazing 85-year-old woman and her life story is so extraordinary that it was turned into three books and a play. Before I say goodbye, I will be adding a mailbag section to the podcast, and I look forward to receiving your comments, episode ideas, and jokes, and anything else you want to write to me, and I will be reading some of them right here on the podcast and answering your questions. So you can send them to podcast at rfwma.org. I look forward hearing from you. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? 
visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit.